Yeah, so, but he does, like, this really weird thing in the series. Um, so he tries to convince you not to read the books, first off, so, which is the funniest thing. <laughs> um, and I remember actually, like, being like, why is he doing this? And my mom was like, it's called reverse psychology, which is when I learned what reverse psychology was. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, that's funny. All right, and welcome to the Book Jar Podcast, where both me and my friend Megan discuss book-related news and topics on a bi-weekly basis. How are you today, Megan? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Just okay? Just okay. I You're going to find out about this in a second, but I'm in like a little bit of a reading slump, oh, which no. is no fun. It's never fun. I hate struggling to read. I know, because I want to read, and then yeah. it just doesn't happen, which is... Like, that's a conundrum. How does that even work? That shouldn't be allowed. No. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, welcome. This is how it's going to work. So each week we pull our next topic from the book jar, which is sitting right beside us, um, which you can't see, obviously, but we can see it. Um, And we discuss whatever topic we pull from the jar. Uh, Last week we pulled the topic. We're obviously going to be very aloof about it for a second. And instead talk about our most recent reads which again you're gonna find out about my reading slump (laughs) yeah yeah um you know but i'm sure you still did a good chunk i did okay so i i did read two graphic novels see which is which is fine i actually think that that is helping me i read them very recently um so that really did actually i feel like it's kind of already pulling me out of it a bit um, and then I'm working on, still from last week, actually, Zadie Smith's um, Grand Union, which is a collection of short stories that I'm really enjoying, but I'm just not reading very quickly, which was very weird for me. Um, but the graphic novels are, I basically stole your most recent reads from last week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, everyone will remember that I asked you to leave them. And I, I did read them. So I read The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse by Charlie... Maxie? Maxie? Maxie. And uh, Monstrous by Marjorie Louis, which was really nice. Yeah. I liked that one. That's good. I'm glad that you liked it because, you know, it was just the first volume, but it's interesting. Yeah. I said it was really nice. That was like more of an adjective for <laughs> the boy, the mole, the fox, and the yeah, horse. Like, they're like literally this the one's, complete opposite. This one's really style. nice. Like if you're having like a rough day, this is a nice one to just peruse. Monstrous was not the most graphic graphic novel I've ever read. It was not okay. the most. Okay. Um, so you'll remember I recommended V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week and I've also talked a lot about having read The Walking Dead so both of those are actually quite a bit more violent I would say um especially in their like actual description like depictions rather of what is happening so you literally see things being like pulled apart Mm -hmm. um so it wasn't quite that bad but it was getting up there yeah 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 it's wonderful. Like, the artwork is beautiful, though. And I, I think it was, like, I don't want to spoil too much. And I know you kind of talked about the book last week, so I won't go into it too, too much again. But I, I did enjoy the little fox kid. The fox was so cute. Like, there's, there's a lot of, like, sweet moments 
within this graphic novel that yeah. you're like, oh, I'm really glad they had that palette cleanser there because <laughs> I needed it. Um, I also, like, really enjoyed, like, the almost steampunk feel yeah, of it. that's kind of why I picked it up because I think it is described sort of like a steampunk Steampunk horror art deco yeah. beauty is yeah. how it's described on the back, which is which is really nice. I I did... I did really love that part. Um, and I liked the, like, very... I don't want to give away too much, but the very, like, almost mythical-looking creatures mm-hmm. that come up. And uh, the main character's pretty cool. I did find some of the dialogue, I was telling you earlier, like, a little bit awkward. Which yeah. is, like, my only criticism really right now. And I haven't written my official review, but, like, that's going to be on there for sure. But it wasn't so jarring. Like, every once in a while, I was like, oh, that was a weird way to say that. (laughs) Like, I didn't really enjoy that. But then it, like, quickly faded into, like, oh, the artwork's beautiful. Oh, the action is really cool. The story is really intriguing and, like, constantly moving. So, like, I didn't think I was too bombarded by that at Mm -hmm. all. Um, So, good recommendation, I guess, from you last week. (laughs) That's good. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) And I got another friend on it, too, so... You know, once you're just getting everyone hooked on this book. Yeah, you know. Okay. Well, I read one book, Anatomy, a love story by Dana Schwartz, and it's super. I love the cover of it. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it. It literally is like a little woman sitting on the front, and her dress is in the shape of like an anatomical heart. Yeah, and it's just cool so i know nothing about this book but you did post it to our story at one point and you were like which one should i read this or another one and everyone was voting for the other one and i was literally like it didn't get any love i want the anatomy one so i'm glad you finally read it i did read it um it's basically like a gothic tale full of mystery romance um i got the vibes it's kind of mixed between like mary shelley like the author of frankenstein Mm -hmm. and like jane austen well, that's cool. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that that was, like, the concept of it. And, like, I won't go too much into it, but Hazel is the main character. And she basically is, like, an early 1800s woman who wants to be a surgeon. And it's, like, obviously in that time, women didn't have a lot of rights. Mm-hmm. And so she's about how she went to do that. And it's very... What's the word? There's lots of, like, blood and gore, but it's, like, not too over the top. But I don't know. It's very interesting. I liked it. I'll be doing my review on that shortly. Very nice. For those I like who are it. interested. Uh, so, again, if you are looking for our book reviews, you can go yell at us on our Instagram because we're both, I think, a little bit behind on them. Yes. Um, But we will post them there, and that is uh, at the book jar pod on Instagram. Um, we also have some, like, other fun content if you're interested in that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right, so that kind of brings us, there wasn't any other ones that you wanted to talk about for there? No, I was slow. All right, well then I guess we can get to our topic, which we pulled out last week, um, which is a book series that you hated at first, but you're glad you finished. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> How did you do with this topic, Megan? It's a little tricky. Um, I did find a few, but I would say that I found a lot of series that I started and just never 
finished because it was inconvenient for me. Not necessarily that I hated it, but... You were just like, I don't want to buy it, or I don't want to go to the library to get it. It's just that that that's what I discovered about myself. So I got to finish a lot of series. I have also discovered that about myself, which is funny because (laughs) I, we had, like, not too long ago, we talked about books we DNF'd. Yeah. Or did not finish, for those of you who don't know what that means. Um, But that, like... I was like, oh, I don't DNF books. Like, I make it a practice. And I said, and I think I even said in that podcast, like, I do DNF series. Yeah. And I was kind of saying that as like, oh, I, I do occasionally, like, like, I'll just give up on the series. And I was thinking like, oh, like, I've done it before. And I knew I'd done it before. And then we went, <laughs> I, we left last week and I started looking at all the books I've read and all the series I've read. And I'm like, holy shit, I've DNF'd. Like, probably roughly 80 to 90% of the series that I've started, which is hilarious to me. (laughs) It's so funny because I don't DNF books. Like, if I start a book, I will finish it. But, like, and it's not even the same thing. Like, some of them I I didn't didn't like, but, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of them were more of, like, I was like, oh, why didn't I finish this? And I was like, it just wasn't, like, so good that I felt like I had to read the next one. Or, you know, it was, like, I didn't really want to go out and buy, like, seven other books because it didn't seem like it was going to be that good. Yeah. Or it didn't seem that different from stuff I've read before. So it just kind of was, like, oh, I'll move on to the next series or I'll give it a different series a go. And then I realized that I've also... (laughs) The series I have finished, (laughs) which is a self-call out here, but, like, also maybe just something that other people can relate to... There weren't a lot where I had the reaction where I was like, oh, I remember hating that at the start, mm-hmm. but the ending yeah. saved it. I had a lot of the, oh, that was when I loved at the start, mm-hmm. but the ending totally ruined it. Yeah. And I I had trouble actually getting to one where I was like, I was eventually, I was taking steps back. So I was like, okay, hey, what's a series I've finished? First off, let's yeah. start there. Start with- and uh what is a series that I liked at the end <laughs> like we're not even talking about hated in the start just liked just at the like, end well and I think for me too it was like I started with the first book and it's not like I hated the first book like it wasn't like it was usually like the book was good but not amazing yeah and then I'm just glad I finished the series to see where it went. everything went yeah so that's how I kind of looked at this question and yeah everything like that but yeah I kind of had the same the same insight I know you have more series you wanted to talk about than me um so why don't you start us off sure I'll start with the Maze Runner series by James Dashner okay which I think is pretty popular series yeah so I I read it yeah when like back in its hype Mm -hmm. before like the movie and stuff came out yeah um and I remember Really liking the first one. Mm-hmm. But it was another one. Or <laughs> personally, I felt didn't get better. <laughs> That's fair. And I think, like, looking back at it, I could totally see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I picked up the book, so I picked it up because it was, like, already a box set at that point. Mm-hmm. It was on sale. I think the movie was just announced or was, like, going to be released short, like, soon. And I was like, oh, that looks like a cool movie. Like, I'm just going to pick up this series and start it. And, like, you know me, back in the day, I was just reading, like, female-only main characters. Mm-hmm. 
Classic Megan. Classic Megan. I've grown, guys. I've grown. Um, you say that like <laughs> it's a bad thing. You're like, oh my gosh, I've finally gotten over myself to read male protagonists. I always think it's really refreshing. This is a total aside, but I think it's really refreshing because every book recommendation from the ages of like, I won't say the years, but like the ages, like we were probably, since we became friends, which was in like junior high school, so around like grade eight. Mm-hmm. Um, from that point on until I went to university, every book I got from you for any occasion, which I'm going to mention <laughs> one later, actually, which is really funny, was a female protagonist. And like, I didn't even think about it until we started doing this podcast and I was like, wow, you really never recommended no. or read ones just, with like I male protagonists. And I think honestly, like, it really, st- like, we talked about this before, but when I was recommended Sabrielle, and someone was just like, oh, if you enjoy these strong female characters, <laughs> try this book. And then I was, like, always on the search for it, because I yeah. never, like, noticed it. Like, I never was like, oh, are most, like, main characters Mary Janes, or whatever they're called, you know? Yeah. Or they're just, like, and then, like, you know, it was after I read Twilight and stuff, and I'm like, anyways. That's why I was super into, like, like female characters. But, yeah, this one has a main male character. And for those who don't know the Maze Runner series, a little short summary is when Thomas wakes up in the lift, the only thing he can remember is his name. He's surrounded by strangers, boys whose memories are also gone. Outside the towering stone walls that surround them is a limitless, ever-changing maze. It's the only way out, and no one's ever made it through alive. Then a girl arrives, the first girl ever, and the message she delivers is terrifying. Remember, survive, run. So it's like a post-apocalyptic world where a group of teens must try to survive and prove their worth and save humanity, basically, is kind of the gist of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's why I picked it up initially. Um, You know, I I always looked for, like, a guaranteed romance, too. So that obviously wasn't a given in this book. Um, so I wasn't really enjoying it because it kind of reminded me of, like, the Lord of the the Flies. Yeah, actually, (laughs) I completely agree with you. Alternatively, that is why I think I enjoyed, like, the first book had such that feel to it, but, like, Mm -hmm. more modernized. Mm -hmm. Well, very modernized because it's post-apocalyptic. So, like, yeah. (laughs) Um, but the, the feeling of it was, like, much fresher. And I, I liked that a lot in the first book. Um, that degrades really fast over the series. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where I was unhappy with where the series went, is it just felt like it didn't live up to its promise in the first book. Which I could see, like, I felt like, because, like, then I, when I started reading the book, I was like, this is actually super interesting concept. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this maze, they're trying to get through it. There's all these, like, obstacles and puzzles they got to figure out and, like, Mm -hmm. work together. And I really liked that aspect of it, that they were, like, becoming, like, I don't know, like a team basically mm-hmm. to survive and they weren't just like, yeah, they realized they got to get out of there to live basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the first book picked up for me, really enjoyed it. I really liked the ending of the first book. So obviously you got to get the second book mm-hmm. if the first book keeps you hooked. Um, and I liked like the relationships between the boys in the book. There was like a lot of dark humor. Mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed, um, lots of twists, and I just liked that each book 
was different from the previous book. Like, yeah. And you probably, that's probably what you didn't like about it. But for me, I really loved that. It was like, I don't know where it's going, but also like, it kind of makes sense of where it's going. Yeah. And that's what I enjoyed about it. I did enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I feel like this has become a pick on the maze runner for myself. <laughs> but what I, and I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it necessarily because you're kind of recommending this series so anyone who hasn't actually read it I think it it's it's a worthwhile read mm-hmm. I felt that the ending like I just thought the author didn't really know where to go <laughs> and it kind of that. wrote themselves into a corner mm-hmm. and so my impression of it was it was like theme over everything else Mm-hmm. which uh, I respect that you wrote this book for a reason and this series for a reason, but it became like the characters didn't matter. The plot didn't matter. The world didn't matter. It was just about this theme right. that you really wanted like this young audience to really like get. And I didn't appreciate that because I felt like it was really heavy handed by the end and it didn't really make sense. And like, I was just annoyed at the ending. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, I agree. I thought the ending was a bittersweet one. Um, it, I felt that though, like overall answered the questions yes. and, and like all the like, you know, not plot holes, but like plot points were like answered yeah. and all that stuff. So I felt like it was still a good ending. Like, obviously I agree with you. Like literally in the book, it's like, the ending is, like, the plan B. Like, they basically say, state that in the books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, like, that is the shitty part about it. But, I mean, it was still a good adventure. Like, it was a good time. It was if a you, good adventure. If you like dystopian, you like action-packed books, humor, solid friendships. Yeah. And just, like, clever ways to get out of hard situations. It's it, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I'll give you that. Um. Anyways, I don't know if we sold anyone on that book. <laughs> I don't, I don't, well, I don't think our job is to sell it. That's true. That's true. That's, that's true. not This is not for. free marketing. Um, I, I want to mention one. So, and, and this also is one that we don't need to sell. It okay. has sold many of its own. You actually, I'm pretty sure you gave me this book. I feel like I did because I liked it. Um, but I don't remember actually if you gave it. I just, I, I had it. Yeah. And it was one of those books where, like, I remember being given it. Uh, I'm so sorry. I don't remember who gave it to me. <laughs> it was probably you. <laughs> I think it was me. Um, but this was The Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Maas. So, mm-hmm. now, I don't think Sarah J. Maas, this is also an aside, but I don't think she's, like, the be-all, end-all of fantasy that I think a lot of people want her to be. Yeah, hyping her up for sure. Um, and I do feel that some of her books are a little bit overhyped. That being said, when I first read A Throne of Glass, I read it very recently after it came out, which I believe was like in 2012-ish, because again, I was given it. Um, and I remember reading it and being like, cool, mm-hmm. like interesting story, don't need more. Yeah. And like, that was my, like, very solid impression. And I've actually had this impression with, like, several books. There's lots of books I have that are part of a series. And I'm like, you know what? If I look at this as a one-off, it's perfect. Yeah. And it was, like, also because I was okay with the ending. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like pursuing it further. Like, she doesn't really end the first book on a cliffhanger of, like, there's cliffhangers in the overarching plot. plot. Yeah. 
But, like, there was nothing that felt like was immediately needing to be resolved. Like, nobody was missing. Everyone was fine. Everything was good. The main plot of that book was wrapped up really nicely. And I was just like, cool, that's done. And mm-hmm. I knew it was part of the series. And I was just like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. That's it. <laughs> and then uh, very recently, actually, um, well, actually, a year ago, just a little over a year ago, uh, it was December. I was about to get off work for like a holiday break. And I was like, I want to read some books. And I was like, well, what do I have? Like, it was like such an urge to just read a, like, binge a book that night. And I was like, all right, well, I remember liking this, but I don't really remember the plot. So I picked it up again and I I read it. And then I was like, well, I'm looking for more books to binge over the break. And I already started this one. I was like, I don't really, again, I still didn't feel that need to like read it. It wasn't that I hated it. I just didn't think it was so amazing like I wasn't stunned by it I didn't think it was awesome yeah. I didn't think it was amazing I just thought it was a nice book mm-hmm. and then I picked up the second one and I was like like it was like four percent better <laughs> Which, it was just like enough better that I was like this is interesting because I'm I'm being more drawn into this world. It wasn't the plot wasn't quite what I expected mm-hmm. the love triangle is working out a little bit differently than I thought it was going to. Yeah. This is interesting. I feel like there's more here. Yeah. And then I read the third book. And then we proceeded to read the third book and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on here? Something else is happening. And I immediately sent my partner out to buy <laughs> the rest of the series. <laughs> and I was like, you need to just bring home the rest of the series. And then I was like, and then I was like, no, that's a little excessive. Bring home the fourth and fifth. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, they have them all. And I was like, well, let me just bring home all of them. Mind as well. I'll just bring home all of them. So <laughs> brought home all of them and I binged them in, in probably about two weeks. Like the entire Throne that's of Glass wild. series. And I was really happy that I gave this series a try. I think it hit its best moment probably around the fourth or fifth book. Like, those were probably mm-hmm. my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where it really hit its stride. Um, but this is a series that it feels like everything before the third book, and even maybe some of the third book, feels like a prequel. I agree. Like, honestly, I recommend that book. It's like, get to the third book. Because my my personal favorite character isn't even introduced into the third, till the third book. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like... Well, there's so many great characters that are introduced later on in the series. Oh, like 100%. I... It's kind of stunning. Um, and I, I don't think Sarah J. Moss is the be-all, end-all of fantasy... No. But I I also don't think she's not good. And I, yeah, I feel like she challenged a lot of, like, young adult, like, tropes and stuff, too, Mm -hmm. and, like, common plots. Like, you know, the whole, like, first love is your only love thing. Yeah, I actually really liked that 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 wasn't really a thing. Especially in a six, was it six books? Long? Seven. Seven books long? Like, yeah. it's not really realistic, in my opinion. So I love that she pointed that out. And it was like, um, our character is going through her growth period right now. <laughs> so let her be. 
And I, that's why I loved the yeah. series personally. But I also what I appreciated was is um the the love triangle, and this is a small spoiler. I'm gonna say so. The first and second book, like I was like, oh, it's between, and I've forgotten one of their names, uh, Cole and Dorian. Yeah, Dorian. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Ninety five percent sure. <laughs> There's five percent chance that whoever's listening to this right now. Like, is going to be like, I'm going to go roast you guys on social media. Please do it. If we're <laughs> wrong, please actually make fun of us because that's the, hilarious. The, the funny thing is the book's literally above yeah, my head. I could literally grab it, but I'm not going to because I'm <laughs> going to let this exist. This love triangle that existed, it it dissolves. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it depreciates. It, it loses all value and, and it just... Is no longer there. It's and it's it, it was so like interestingly done because I didn't feel like it was unnecessary to have read that. Mm-hmm. But also I was like very glad that it wasn't pursued further or pushed too hard. Like I felt like it hit a natural conclusion and the author let it go. Yeah. More than forcing in a new storyline. I agree. And I think that Sergio Moss is actually pretty good at that. Is she is pretty good at letting go of storylines when they need to be let go of. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a talent as an author. And I actually, it's one of the things I really did like about the series. I also really liked that it was bingeable. Like, it is a bingeable series. It's fun. It's not meant to be taken too, too seriously. Um, It does still rely on a lot of those common tropes that we see in fantasy genres. So, like, the um, mate tropes. This is my mate. Which is very fun. There's the fae. Mm -hmm. Um, There's... Lots of hidden identity things going on, which is really fun. There's lots of magic. Yes, so she's fun. she is fun pulling reading. from those tropes. She's challenging some of them, which I thought was nice because I didn't know which one she was going to kind of lean into and which one she was going to pull right against. Yeah. Um. So I really did like that. And I enjoyed the series as a whole. Um. I will say this is another one, though, where I was like, at the end, I was like, oh, you could have made that better. Yeah. You really, uh, I feel like you... You got nervous about <laughs> the implications of some of the actions that should have probably happened, um, which made me not love the seventh book as much, but mm-hmm. it was a good series overall. Well, that's good. I think that's a good choice. Yeah. All right. My second one, The Remnant Chronicles by Mary E. Pearson. Again, okay. Fantasy. Naturally. Good old fantasy. Um. Just a little summary about it, because, like, I feel like it's, like, 50% well-known, and, like, people talk about it on, like, book talk and all that stuff, and then it's, like, the other people are, like, what the heck are you talking about? Anyways, so, the summary. In a society steeped in tradition, Princess Leah's life follows a preordained course. As first daughter, she is expected to have the revered gift of sight, but she doesn't, and she knows her parents are perpetuating a sham when they arrange her marriage to secure an alliance with a neighboring kingdom to a prince she has never met. On the morning of her wedding, Leah flees to a distant village. She settles into a new life, hopeful when two mysterious and handsome strangers arrive, and unaware that one is the jilted prince and the other an assassin sent to kill her. Deception abounds, and Leah finds herself on the brink of unlocking perilous secrets, even as she finds herself falling in love. So there's my romance. There's your guaranteed romance. romance. Uh, So... The reason I picked this up 
is because it had such a unique way of narr- like narrating and writing. And it was just so basically she goes to this little village. No one knows she's like this runaway princess. And then these two men walk into this bar that she's working at and they know who she is. And then there's three point of views in the book. There's her point of view, there's the assassin's point of view, and there's the prince's point of view. But we don't know who's who. The whole book, pretty much. That's interesting. It's very interesting. So it's like, you find out the guy's names, but you still don't know, like, which one's the assassin meant to kill her, and which one's the prince who's trying to find her. And then she obviously starts to fall in love, and they kind of make it out like, a love triangle but it doesn't really get there mm-hmm. because they both obviously love her and you know she only loves one of them so yeah you don't actually know who she's falling in love with if it's the assassin or the prince so i personally really liked that idea um i wasn't sure i'd continue the series just because i didn't actually like i didn't love the main character yeah at the start which I think is really important when you're, like, committing to a series. Like, I feel like you need to love, like, the main person. Um, But I was really interested in the prince and the assassin. Yeah. Because I wanted to know what their true identities were. And, yeah. like, how are they going to fit into her story? Um, So, yeah. But I continued. Because I had to know what was going to go on. You do find out who's who in the first book, though. Um, I just really liked where she took the characters like mary the author took the characters like leah just became like she just had great character growth overall mm-hmm. and i think that's why i'm really glad that i did continue it because in the first one she's kind of like this young woman running away from her predestined life and she's trying to find her own way but in the second one we see that she's learning how to basically survive with her own intellect and bravery mm-hmm. against like this evil leader of an, a rival kingdom. And then in the third one, you kind of see her confidence grow and she just becomes a strong leader. So she's kind of mm-hmm. like the opposite of how she started in the first book. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that because, you know, I feel like sometimes you can read series and the person, like the character stays the same until the very end or whatever. <laughs> I think this is... <laughs> I'm going to... I'm harping on myself here. So I think this is a reason why... Um... Like, this is a reason why I don't DNF books, mm-hmm. and it should be a reason why I don't DNF series. Yeah. Because there is always that potential for character growth. And I'm not saying this is, like, if it's a totally trash book. Like, absolutely. Like, do what you need to do. That's oh, fine. for sure, yeah. I think there are probably so many series that are very similar to My Throne of Glass, where I've given up on them because I'm like, oh, that's not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool, one and done kind of thing. And instead of doing that, I really do wish maybe I'd given some of these a chance. But, like, like you're saying, like, that character growth can be so much. And you even said at the beginning, like, if you don't really like the main character, if you can't really commit to that main character, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a problem. But sometimes that's the point, too. Like, mm-hmm. they're supposed to be a little bit more juvenile. They're supposed to be a little bit problematic. And they're supposed to be, you're supposed to watch them learn from that kind of thing. And I think sometimes we we being me cut that out like immediately i'm like oh i'm done with this like this character is gonna be this character and i'm i'm just not interested in reading more yeah no i i agree like i'm glad i did finish that to see kind of where her journey went and i even loved that the ending of the book of the last book 
was like, yes, there was romance still involved, but that wasn't her main goal. Yeah. And I really appreciated that too. Cause it's like, you know, usually you get through like a series and then the romance is like the end goal and then it's not even that satisfying and you're like why did I watch them miscommunicate and do all this shit <laughs> for like this like really unsatisfying ending yeah yeah and when and I just it made sense to how the main love interest story ended too so. I like that a lot yeah um so I'm going off script I didn't tell you I was going to talk about this one but I thought about it as we were talking about it and I realized so this is actually um, a potential candidate, so I'm going to talk about it because it's also a series we haven't talked about too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, in fact, a series of unfortunate events. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Classic. a series of unfortunate events. This is a series of 13 children's novels um, written by Lemony Snicket, who is not a real person. Which is so sad. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> it's is actually written by Daniel Handler. Who is uh uses Lemony Snicket as a pen name, specifically because Lemony Snicket is actually a character in the novel as well, which is a very interesting clever combination. Yeah, he's a very very good author for how strongly he commits to the writing that he does. (laughs) Yeah, um, and I I I do really appreciate it. So the books follow the um, lives of Violet, Claus, and Sunny Baudelaire after their parents' death in a fire. They are placed in custody of a um, murderous relative um, named Count Olaf, who then attempts to steal their inheritance and throughout the series continuously orchestrates disasters for them in a variety of ways um, as they are kind of shuffled around from caretaker to caretaker. Um, It is... characterized by its Victorian gothic tones and absurdist textualities, which as a child is the funniest thing to read because, um, so I actually didn't start this book with the first one, which is called The Bad Beginning. Mm-hmm. I got this book gifted to me and it was the sixth in the series. Oh. <laughs> and I was probably about eight or nine, maybe ten. So it was one of those things where my mom was like, yeah, I'm not buying you like the first five before you read this one. Like, what if you don't like them? <laughs> just read it. Yeah. And so my mom was like, just read it. And I was like, okay. Um, so the Erzatz Elevator was the first one I had. And it is like reading that one out of context, by the way, super hilariously confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but he does, like, this really weird thing in the series. Um, so he tries to convince you not to read the books, first off, so which is the funniest thing. <laughs> um, and I remember actually, like, being like, why is he doing this? And my mom was like, it's called reverse psychology, which is when I learned what reverse psychology <laughs> was. <laughs> That's funny. Um, That's clever. But yeah, he attempts to get you to not read the books because they're very sad. And that's mm-hmm. his whole gimmick, is that they're too sad they're so unfortunate. They're just tales of woe and misery, and you don't want to waste your time. <laughs> yeah. uh, which I thought was, like, hilarious. Um, there's also this really great way he had of, like, kind of inserting new vocabulary, which is great for a children's novel, oh, and cool. explaining it through the ridiculous use by adults. So the children <laughs> always knew how to use the words correctly, but the adults would use them incorrectly, and the children would try to correct them, which was, like, really a real, also a really fun gimmick. That's so cute. Um, the other thing is, is in the Erzat's elevator, uh, he actually does this thing where they fall, 
kind of spoilers, but they fall down an elevator shaft. And it is that he he just says he cannot describe the blackness of how dark it was. So he puts two pages of just pure black ink what? in the middle of the book. <laughs> Which was hilarious. Like, I thought that was also really fun as a child. (laughs) It's a great series. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason I never finished it is because I just slowly read it. So I read the sixth book, and then I went back to the beginning, and I obviously read the first five. And then it was kind of like whatever. Like, my my, I didn't get books that often as a child, which is probably why I have a problem with buying them now. (laughs) But... I just kind of got them in little, like, stages, and, like, it would be, like, I would go years without reading it, and he hadn't finished the series yet, and by the time he finished the series, I was actually, like, more into adulthood, and I was, like, this is a children's series, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to finish it, like, whatever, and then I remember being in university and being, like, that's ridiculous, (laughs) that's stupid, who put these standards on us, who put these standards on us, so I got out my Kindle, and I bought the last book in the series because it was the only one that was left for mm-hmm. me to read. And I was really happy I read uh-huh. that one. But, and again, I didn't hate it at the beginning, but I definitely, it was one of those things where I put it down intentionally intending to never finish this series. Uh-huh. And he ended it in a really, really beautiful, but totally unexpected way. Oh, really? Um, so if you did read this as a child or recently, because you don't give a shit about standards. Standards, yeah. Um, of when you should read shit, because why would you? <laughs> um, I highly recommend finishing out the series, because it was actually really nice, I thought, how it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd be interested. It's kind of an open ending, too. So I'd be oh. interested to see if that pissed a couple people off as well. Yeah, but probably. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I've only ever watched the movie no i haven't even watched the series so the series did a much more true to the books that's what i would think yeah um but the the movie was like almost good except uh i remember seeing the movie and then my parents being like oh that was nice like he got caught in the end and i was like no he didn't And they were like, yeah, he did. Like, that's what they said. And I was like, no, he said, wouldn't it be nice if I could tell you that he got caught? Mm. And my mom was like, what do you mean? And I was like, he, like, Kamaloft never gets caught. Like, that's the whole gimmick. Um, So I actually thought that, like, they just didn't finish the movie because they should have been making more. I think that was probably the plan. Yeah, I think so, too. I personally, when I watched the movie, I never read the books. But I was like, oh, that's the end, blah, blah, blah. Like, I knew it was based off of the of books, but I didn't realize there was that, like, many of them. Yeah. And I feel like they totally could have. Yeah, and it was more. interesting because they actually mushed the three, the first three books together. In the first movie. Yeah. Or in the movie. Yeah, so oh. they did The Bad Beginning, The Reptile Room, and The Wide Window. That wouldn't, that makes sense. Yeah, and then, and then it goes on, um... And those are kind of, like, the most <laughs> sensical ones mm-hmm. because uh, where the children end up after that gets more and more ridiculous. <laughs> of course so, <laughs> like, the next one down the list is the miserable mill, and they end up working at a mill, which is really strange because they're children, but there's lots of child labor laws being bent there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was just 
it was really interesting that they kept it to like the most realistic ones that they could. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah, how do we put this into a movie yeah. format without it being inappropriate? Yeah. I mean, it was still inappropriate with the whole Olaf trying to marry. The, yeah, that's in yeah. the books, too. It's very inappropriate. It's very inappropriate. Anyways, that's a good one. I'm glad yeah. you thought of that one. I'm proud of myself. It. I'm proud of <laughs> me, too. Um, okay, my other one is Knights of the Realm series by Jennifer Ann Davis. <laughs> so, another... Well, you know, it's not even really, like, fantasy. Like, there's actually, like, no magic that I can remember in this series. It's, like, more medieval. It's, medieval. like, a me- medieval... Young adults. Um, it's about this girl Reed who spent her life pretending to be a man. So okay. M- Mulan vibes. So you know I'm gonna pick it up. That's my jam. That is the second <laughs> Mulan book, Mulan esque book you have recommended on this podcast. <laughs> and I just want to know, like, is there a forum you're going to? Is there like a Mulan fans just... only kind of thing? They just like come to me, you know. It's like the Facebook algorithm where they hear you talking just like about you it have your pops up. you have your computer <laughs> understanding you well enough that it's like yeah. Mulan content they're just like, on the Megan. Just like she clearly likes it when women dresses men. <laughs> Whatever that says about her in her own life, <laughs> we don't know. So we're gonna continuously. Like, I don't feel like I have any, maybe I just don't, maybe I just read too many different, like, maybe they can't nail down the specific kind of book I like. This is true. But I, like, I've never, <laughs> anyway, I think I, it's very no. awesome that you found all these mulan S books. I, I didn't have, even know this many existed. <laughs> there's a lot. Like, I wrote a list because I'm like, I think it'd be so fine to do, like, a little reel to suggest these, um books that are specifically related to Milan. So if that's your your niche, I have you. I, I, I got gotta, you. <laughs> I just gotta record it. I probably have a list of about five or six books that I read with some sort of even if it's like a couple scenes of the woman dressed as a man. I just love them. I don't know why. I think it's just me growing up as a child and watching Mulan 50 times in a row. 50 times. Just that's what yeah. did it for you. That's what did it for me. So, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> back to the book. Knights of the Realm. Um, so, yeah, she has to, but for her, for Reed's reason, she has to be a boy because she's like the fifth girl born in her family. And she lives in this super sexist kingdom, of course, in medieval times. What's new? And so they basically, as soon as she's born, they're like, we have to tell people we had a boy because or else their title won't get passed down to all the other girls. Right. It has to be to a boy. So she basically lives her 18 years as this boy um, and, you know, has all the freedoms as such and everything like that. And then... There's a war or something about to happen between kingdoms and like the princes come and they basically are like, you ain't no man. You is a woman. And I don't know why I said it like that. I don't know why you said it like that. You ain't no man. You ain't no man. You is a woman. And so they basically are like, Kate, we're going to arrest you for treason in your family and no one's going to get your inheritance or you have to join our army and help us 
to fight the crown. Like, basically, they want her to infiltrate the other kingdom as right. a woman is kind of the point of the plot. So, interesting, right? Um, Very Mulan-esque. Right? I really liked it. Um, the whole series isn't like that, obviously. It's just kind of this, the first book that they really used that. Um, is that why you didn't want to finish the series? Because you were like, <laughs> it, the Mulan-esque-ness <laughs> is done. A little bit. I'm like, okay, hey, what's the point? Like, you just draw me in with this. You just, I, use me, you just, you just use, use my like love this? for Mulan, and then you disregarded it like that? <laughs> Unacceptable. Yeah, I was a little offended. But no, there is other reasons I, you know, didn't 100% love the first book. It was very fast-paced. Mm-hmm. It's like 250 pages long. It's not very long. And it just, like, spans, like, months. Yeah. So it's just, like... I felt we didn't really get to see the world and, like, the descriptions weren't really there and the details. Which is too bad, because it's, like, a super interesting world. Um, And it also lacked the romance. Mm-hmm. Like, where was Shang, right? Where was he? Any- <laughs> I love him, okay? <laughs> he wasn't there! He wasn't there. He wasn't there. Nowhere AWOL. <laughs> he was gone. Oh. Um- <laughs> And there was no singing. There's no singing. There was no, you know, what is it when they like do the time, the fast time singing montage? Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> montage. I need you. I need full appreciation that I got the fast time thingy this into why, montage. This is why we're friends because I can't. I don't know words, and you know words. I do know words, and yes. I can kind of describe words for you <laughs> and to then guess I can them. Guess them. So yeah, it's like a little game. <laughs> yeah, it's just something we do between us. Um, but yeah, there was no montage. I mean, I guess you could kind of call it a montage if they're going months in two hundred fifty pages. It's true. Hmm, never thought of that. Maybe there uh, is a montage. <laughs> okay, anyways. So I continued because overall there's like a very interesting plot regarding Will Reed learning how to live um with the kingdom's restrictions of being a woman mm-hmm. and how to use that to her advantage. There's a lot of political intrigue and conspiracy and even like a secret society within the kingdom, mm-hmm. which I wanted to know more about because I was like, that's new. That's kind of interesting. Um, and obviously it ends with a great twist, the first book, and we are introduced to a possible future love interest. So, there's my shame. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, I'm glad I continued, because there was just, it was a great romance plot within the next two books. Very slow burnish. Yes. Which we love. We love. Um, you got to see more twists and turns. The world got more fleshed out, which mm-hmm. I think... Which is good. Like, why continue a series if you're not going to learn more about the world? Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? That's fine. I can forgive the first book. Um, and then you just see Reed grow as, a, as, like, a strong female and adjusting to life, not living as a man. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I would highly recommend it if you like medieval stories with political intrigue and secret societies. That's my, that's my, uh, I don't know, what was I saying? Review? Your review? Your... Just read it. Just read it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about my last one really quickly. Uh, so this was Sailor Moon by uh, Naoko Takeuchi, um, which I've talked about before. I've talked about reading Sailor Moon lots. And I'm going to do this really quickly because um, 
I have talked about this book a lot. Um, so again, for those of you who aren't aware um, or never watched the 90s anime, uh, Sailor Moon tells the story of several young girls who discover that they have what is called planetary powers. And these special powers are activated when they change into costume, um, allowing them to become Sailor Scouts or Sailor Guardians and fight evil. And that is kind of the general plot. Um, there are 12, well, it depends on what editions you have, but uh, in the version I read, there was 12 um, yeah. mangas uh, or manga books. Um, so they kind of very, so there's a new Netflix series out, kind of new-ish, definitely not the 90s <laughs> version of Sailor Moon, um, that they kind of retold the story and they actually did it so true to the book that it was like frame by frame. And I've talked about this a lot. So the unfortunate part about that is I got very bored reading these books because I was like, I have just know. seen this yeah. and it is like exactly how it happened, which mm -hmm. is good, but it also really, it like kind of took away from the book. And I remember at multiple points, I was like, I don't even know if I really want to finish this. Like, should I just keep going? Um, I'm really glad I did for a couple of reasons. One, there was a couple scenes that were like just slightly different or like the artwork was just a little bit different than how they represented it in oh. the actual anime mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool and really well done and it made it much more interesting to read so I was glad that I kept reading for that but also the 10th 11th and 12th books were phenomenal and maybe this is simply because like the Netflix show hasn't gotten that far yet mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if they're actually intending on finishing it but the way it ended was not the way I expected and maybe that's also because I had never seen, like, the 90s version, like, how they ended it. Right. Um, I know a lot of those later seasons didn't actually, like, make it that well over into America or North America. Um, so that's probably part of it. But I was really glad I read it. Like, I, I got to the end and I was really glad that I had actually gone through all of them, even though at times I was kind of more bored with it. And I wouldn't say I hated it. I would just say more bored. Because okay. I was so familiar with the story. Yeah. And that's not a harp on, like, anything at all. Like, I love Sailor Moon, and I enjoyed reading them. But, like, it was just a very close to the anime. Mm -hmm. So it was really nice to get to the end and being like, oh, this is different. This is new. This is actually really cool. I fucking love how they finished it. Like, all of that was just so nicely done at the end. Um, so that's kind of, like, my honorable mention for today. I think that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Because I think that's actually, like, a big thing with today's world is like a lot of series and books are getting put into movies or tv mm -hmm. shows and then like the, the tv shows never either don't do the series justice or, or they're too close they're too close or they end too soon so yeah. i think that yeah that's a good thing to end this this topic on is like if you watch the show or TV show, give the series a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Finish the series, you might enjoy it. Yeah, totally. I like that. Yeah. Hey, did you have any others you wanted to kind of mention or was you're shaking your head? So no. take that as a nice hard no. That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> like the topic was hard. All right, so up next is we're going to be talking about what we are planning on reading next. So why don't you go first? I have started reading The Lost Daughter um, by an Italian author. Elena Ferrante, is okay. that Italian? Is that how you say that? <laughs> um, and you know what? It's a short book, 150 pages, so I have a lot of high hopes for myself finishing that. Mm -hmm. And so far, it's very interesting, and it's made into a movie too, so probably going to watch that afterwards. 
Okay. Yeah. I like that. How about you? Uh, so I have a couple that I, a couple that I've promised people I'm, re- I'm going to read. <laughs> I really want to finish Sadie Smith's um, Grand Union. Um, mm-hmm. I am enjoying the short stories. Um, and I think I've maybe got, hopefully gotten over my books, knock on wood. But yeah. Um, I did get in a couple new books. <laughs> so I've been, I've been getting really I don't know if anyone follows us on Instagram, but if you are, you will have seen somebody bugging me repeatedly to read uh, The Nightingale. <laughs> um, and I mentioned this last week, that that is high on my priority list. Clearly hasn't been high enough. It has not. Just getting to it. it. I'm just getting to it. <laughs> I unfortunately did order one that I'm so excited about. I might push back the nightingale i'm so sorry to the person that i promised to read that to you can yell at me but it probably won't do you any good um (laughs) uh light from uncommon stars by reika aoki um which i just like i so badly want to read this because it sounds like the song the devil went down to georgia (laughs) but turned into a book that's kind of almost scott pilgrim-esque with like Pretty cool. I think it's like, describing it to me. Yeah. I'm like so I like so excited for it. And I don't want my anticipation for this book to take away from the nightingale either. Yeah. So I might actually bump well, this one up. I think like if you are struggling with a reading slump, mm-hmm. then read the one you really want to read. Read the one you want to yeah. really want to read and get yourself back into the groove. Yeah. Because I tried to do that and then I was in a reading slump and like I still haven't finished the third poppy war book because i'm like yeah it's good but i'm just not feeling it you're just not feeling it. yeah Yeah. i'll get back there i do this with classics too and i say that just read them when you really feel like you want to read them and i feel like um i'm just gonna let that happen with the nightingale too but it is on my list like very high up so the next time i get that impulse to read yeah um i will be picking that one up and then i also got skin of the sea by natasha bowen which is a book about mermaids (laughs) And I am also really excited about that one. Uh, so I got mermaids and violin prodigies in space. So like my wow. fantasy science fiction <laughs> shelf is expanding, which is great. Yeah, that's what we want. That's, that's what, what we like. Doing this. We like that. All right, it's time to draw our next week's topic. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. This is a long one. Uh, So go to authors. Authors you will always purchase a book from before ever reading what it's about. Oh, I have a few. I think I can think of a few because I've definitely purchased books where I'm like, or I've like been excited for books to come out where I'm like, I'm going to buy it or I'm going to get it because so-and-so. I have been burnt by this though. True. So maybe I'll talk about that a little bit too. Um, you get like a one book grace. Yeah. If one's bad, eh. I'm probably gonna buy the next one, but like yeah. you're on my like you are now iffy. Yeah. And that I think this will have interesting discussion because you could totally talk about how like you started off with a good book that was highly recommended, and then their older books or newer books they just are yeah. not. There's, there's something there. So this will be really right. interesting. Go-to authors. So, yeah, that's going to be what we're talking about next week. Any uh, final thoughts here, Megan? Um, You know, I think just, like, being open to finishing series 
In I feel general. like you're attacking me directly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. But, you know, it's for me, too. Because, like, I definitely realized I have a lot of great series that I haven't finished. And I really yeah. want to do that. There's so. actually quite a few on my list now, too. So, which mm-hmm. is great for my, like, 300 book TBR oh, just to yeah. keep growing. Yeah. Like, for me, it's not so bad. It's, I like, mean, 50. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting a little overwhelmed. But that's my fault because I keep buying new books. Well, that's not a problem. But, you know, I think, yeah, I've learned a lesson this this, the, this I feel like around. this was this was a little bit of an attack on us, and yeah. we needed it. We so needed it's, it. it's it's all good. Thanks for calling us out. <laughs> Thanks for calling us out, guys. Continue. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, so well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Book Jar podcast. If you liked what you heard, you should go check us out on social media. We are in Instagram at the book jar pod um also send us a dm if you have a question you want us to add to the jar we would like to get um a couple more uh viewer questions um and we will put it on our jar and then maybe we'll answer it soon or you know whenever we draw it out of the the jar there otherwise if you're listening and you liked what you heard consider leaving us a uh, review uh we appreciate that a lot it helps us get us into the ears of new listeners. And other than that, I'm going to go get out of my reading slump, maybe finish a book. (laughs) And I see. Thank you. And we will see you next time. Bye.